Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 135. Now, this is the first multi-part episode I've ever done, so what were we talking about? (laughs) Oh yeah, okay, so how do you coordinate behavior across a society? And, you know, I think a very common answer to this, a sort of knee-jerk answer to this would be, you know, just be good, just do the right thing. But I think that's a very... I think that's a very naive idea. It's not so easy to act virtuously. And I think anyone who thinks it is easy to be virtuous has never been tempted. (laughs) Not really. Especially when you consider how soft and easy our society is, how rarely we're tempted to do obvious evil. And the approach that I like, at least, especially early on, in someone's moral development, you know, while we're still kind of figuring stuff out, is is deontology. It's this approach that sort of says, follow the rules. Because the rules in a stable society are probably pretty good. They're probably robust just because they've survived hundreds, if not thousands of years of, of cultural evolution they're at least a good place to start. It enables cooperation across a society because you know that everyone else is following the same rules that you are. You don't have to figure out how to interact with people every time. Hmm. Here's another point. Okay, I think deontology gets, uh, I don't know how to put this. I think it gets the order of operations correct. But what does that mean? I think it means that if you want to be a good person, don't think you can just automatically become virtuous. Virtue is really, really, really hard. So assuming that we can just effortlessly be virtuous or that we even know what virtue is, well, that's a very arrogant approach, in my opinion. And I think we have to try to be humble. We have to start by following the rules. And the rules tend to be very concrete, which is very helpful, right? You may not know how to be wise, but, but at least you know how to not lie. You might not know how to be virtuous, but you know how to not gossip. And the law of Moses, you know, this Mosaic law, is really good at telling you what not to do, <laughs> right? In exhausting, insane detail, 613 freaking laws. But downside is there's not much context. I mean, a five-year-old would ask, why can't I do this during the Sabbath? Why? Huh? Huh? Why? 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 And, and Mosaic Law kind of just says, well, uh, we don't really know, do we? We just know we, if you don't, Shit happens. And that's true. It's true, but it's not a great explanation, right? It's not so easily understood. Why, huh? Why, mom? Why will the shit happen? It just will. Why, why, why? Ask your father. (laughs) And of course, no one really knows why the shit happens. They just know that it does. After 5,000 years of history, if the Jews know anything, we know that. If you don't follow the law, shit happens. Now, think about the teachings of Jesus for a second, because as I said, they seem very abstract. 
You know, there's also this symmetry to them. The symmetry really stands out. So, for example, Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. And now, when the five-year-old asks, why, 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 (laughs) there's an obvious answer. Well, imagine you were that person. How would you want to be treated? And the eyes open just a little bit. The focus of Jewish law is the Jewish people. And the rules had a very specific goal. They wanted to keep the tribe intact. They wanted to keep the tribe successful. Now, Jesus, he makes it personal. He's not focusing on the tribe. He's focusing on the individual. Do this and become a better person. Not to save your society necessarily, not to save your tribe, but to save yourself. And I think that change in perspective makes a lot of sense when you realize that that at this time, maybe for the first time in history, you had this real multicultural society, and maybe this is controversial, but I think Christianity, as like a rule book, is better tailored than Judaism to a multicultural society, where where you can't assume everyone around you is following the same concrete rules. I mean, a Jew meets a Jew, they can kind of get a sense that they're following the same (laughs) 613 laws. But an Assyrian and an Egyptian and someone from Corinth, I mean, remember that Galilee or Bethlehem, these areas in, in Palestine were on trade routes. And so you had people from all over the Roman Empire mingling, people with different rules, people with different cultures. You couldn't just assume when you met someone that you were playing by the same rule book. So if you want to coordinate behavior in a multicultural society, I think you have to reframe what virtue is. It's no longer about acting in a way that's going to maximize payoffs. It's no longer just solving prisoner's dilemma, right? It's no longer just about coordinating cooperation. How do you treat someone who you can't assume is going to cooperate? And the answer that Jesus came up with is that even if someone treats you badly, you still treat them well. And you don't do it because of an individual payoff. You don't do it for a group payoff. You do it for the sake of your soul. And, and again, this is amazing because just as Mosaic Law figured out thousands of years before game theory that it is selfish to be selfless because by helping others, you end up helping yourself, Jesus figured out that negative emotions destroy you. Hatred, anger, envy, resentment, they tear you apart. They make you miserable. They, they cast you into hell. And so, even if it doesn't make sense from from a game theory point of view in the moment, you have to love your enemies. You have to turn the other cheek. You have to forgive. Not for the sake of cooperation, but for the sake of your own soul. And I think it's the same idea with redemption. I mean, this is an enormously powerful idea. In the Torah, and especially in the later books, in some of the books of the prophets, there's a very clear relationship between how the Jewish people act and how the universe treats them. 
The Jews just keep messing up consistently, and they get out of sync with reality, and then God, you know, the manifestation of reality, God punishes them. They're slaughtered in war. They're sent into slavery. The temple is destroyed, not once, but twice. And they repent. You know, some prophet comes down and tells them what to do. They put on sackcloth and ashes and they mend their ways. And then immediately they're back to worshiping foreign gods. But God never wipes them out completely. He always leaves the door open for their redemption. Now, Jesus. (laughs) Jesus uses this same approach with redemption. But again, he makes it personal. It's no longer about the survival of a tribe. It's about how to save your soul. And again, reading the New Testament, I was, I was amazed. I was just awestruck at how often Jesus loses his temper. How often Jesus gets frustrated, right? When Peter, the disciple, this, this rock on which Jesus will build his church, Jesus says bitterly, O ye of little faith. And and in Gethsemane, although I'm probably mispronouncing that, in the gardens of Gethsemane, Jesus is shocked. He is shocked at how much his disciples suck. (laughs) They are so terrible. He says, could you not watch with me for one hour? One hour. Come on, guys. (laughs) Like... Give me a break. But Jesus never gives up on people. God punishes the Jews over and over and over for their wickedness, for their idolatry, but they remain his people, right? At the same time we're breaking his law, he never gives up on us, but he still expects us to do better. He still expects us to follow his law. And Jesus, He knows that we're sinful, but he forgives us anyways. He forgives us our sin, but at the same time, he continues to push us toward virtue. He accepts that we sin, but he does not accept that we are sinners. And so, he continues to push us towards redemption. Once again, I find myself having more to say on this topic and again, running out of time. So, with your permission, I'm once again going to put a pin in this discussion right here, and we will pick it up next time. That's all I got this week. I'll catch you later.